0: Good morning, everybody. How are you doing? Glad to be here today. All right. Hey, get your Bibles out. Open up to the Gospel of Luke. That's where we're going to be today. Luke chapter 9 is where we're going to land. If you didn't bring a Bible, there's one at your seat, and we hope you'll open that up. Luke chapter 9 is where we're going to be. You know, we always make excuses, right? All of us. All of us make excuses at some point in our life, but I found a website this week that will help you, all right? This website is filled with all kinds of excuses. I mean, it takes excuse making to a whole new level, right? It's got hundreds and hundreds of excuses for just about any problem that you might have. Hey, are are you late showing up for work? Can you not pay the rent on time? Did you get pulled over because of a ticket for speeding? Hey, no worries, we got excuses for you, okay? And in fact, I found as part of this website They had a whole section on excuse notes that parents write for their kids for missing school. And these, I I thought I'd show a couple of them to you just because they were so much fun. Uh, Keep in mind, these are actual notes from actual parents, spelling included, okay? Here we go. Uh, My son is under a doctor's care and should not take PE today. Please execute him. (laughs) I don't know if that was a Freudian slip or what, but... uh, Uh, Please excuse Jennifer for missing school yesterday. We forgot to get the Sunday paper off the porch. And when we found it Monday, we thought it was Sunday. I'm not so sure if I agree with that one or not. Sounds a little shady. Please excuse Roland from P.E. for a few days. Yesterday, he fell out of a tree and misplaced his hip. I know it's around here somewhere. Where did I put that thing? Uh, Megan... Uh, could not come to school today because she has been bothered by very close veins. Very, cro- very close veins, very close, very gross veins, I don't know. Uh, Varicose veins, very close veins. All right, moving on. Uh, please excuse Casey from school. It was take your daughter to work day. I don't have a job, so I made her stay home and do housework. <laughs> That's a smart mom right there. That is a smart mom. All right, actual excuse notes. We, all, we always make excuses, right, all the time. Uh, but you, know, you think about it, excuses never really move you forward. Excuses never really help you become the best you can be. They don't even really cover your reputation like you think they do. In fact, almost the opposite is true. If you think about uh, what's standing between you today and the thing you want to accomplish or the person you want to become is usually a long line of excuses. That's what's standing between you and your future. A long line of excuses. You know, a lot of people on December, they're like, man, I got to lose some weight. Man, I got to get back in shape. Gosh, I got to do something. My pants are too tight. I, I got to do something to fix this problem. And so they join a club, you know, a health club on uh, in January. And then here come March and all the excuses. Well, I can't really go before work. I can't really go at lunch. I, don't have no time. I can't really go after work. I really don't know who I'd work out. I don't know really what I would do. I don't know what I would wear. And so all these excuses come and finally you're like, nah, forget it all. Just go back to what it used to be. Or maybe you, you've got in your heart to do something like, uh, hey, I want to write a book. And so you're, you're thinking about that. And then here come in the, the excuses. Well, I don't know what, where I would do that. I don't know how I would do it. I don't have a program. I don't have a computer. I don't know how, where, I don't have a publisher. What would I do with this? And so you just settle in. What stands between you today and the thing you'd like to accomplish or the person you like to become is usually a long line of excuses. And the same is true in your spiritual life. A lot of people wanna walk with God. A lot of people wanna really see God use them in a powerful way. A lot of people wanna really grow in their faith, but what stands between them and that is usually a long line of excuses that simply hold them back. You know, we're in this series called Balance, and today is the last Uh, installment of that series and we've been learning that a balanced life is a Christ-centered life and then we broke that down and okay, what does it mean to be Christ-centered in my finances or my friendship or my marriage or my work and all these different areas. But listen, you will never stay balanced with Christ in the center of your life if you don't deal with these excuses because these things are what move Christ out of the center and move you off balance. Over the years that I've been a senior pastor, I've, I've seen this over and over and over. And, and I can tell you that usually about two or three main excuses continue to come up that keep people from walking with God. And in fact, these are the very ones that Jesus is addressing in Luke chapter nine. Jesus is going to talk about excuses and what holds us back. And I believe we're going to learn something that you can do to prevent these excuses from holding you back. All right. So let's look at it. Luke chapter nine, uh, beginning uh, at verse 57. Uh, While you're turning there, let me just encourage you to write a phrase uh, at the top of this section. You'll see a little section there that we're gonna be studying 59 through 62. That little section, I want you to write this in the margin of your Bible. Here it is. Excuses will drive you far from God. Excuses will drive you far from God. Every one of these people that come to Jesus have an excuse. Excuse why they can't follow him, why they can't put him first. And every single one of them are driving them from God. And and, and listen, the same thing is true with you. Your excuses will keep you from really walking with God. And so we're gonna deal with these excuses. Three guys, three excuses that we deal with today. Here's the first excuse I want you to write down if you're taking notes. Jot this down. Jesus, I wanna follow you but not here but not here look at at verse 57 he said as they were traveling on the road someone said to him i will follow you wherever you go and jesus told him foxes have dens and birds of the sky have nests but the son of man has no place to lay his head now this first guy he comes out of the gate pretty impressive he says jesus man i want to follow you wherever you go you circle the word wherever. Man, no boundaries, no restrictions, no hesitation. Jesus, I'm going to follow you wherever you go. I'm all in, Jesus. And I tell you what, when I, if I were Jesus in that situation, I'd probably look at him and go, man, this guy has got it going on. This guy's a great potential leader. This guy is committed. This guy will go wherever I want him to go. Man, get him in the leadership pipeline, man. Get him a title, get him over something. Put him in charge of something because he will follow me wherever I go. But that's not what Jesus does. In fact, Jesus does almost the very opposite. He turns to this guy, he goes, "Uh, so you'll follow me wherever I go, right? Yeah, Jesus, that's right. Well, I'm homeless. Will you follow me here? See, foxes get to go to a a den. Birds get to go to a nest. I don't even know where I'm going to spend the night tonight. Will you follow me here? Will you follow me in the hard places? Will you follow me in the difficult seasons? Will you follow me here? You know, it's one thing to say, Jesus, man, I'm, I'm with you. I'm following you wherever you go. But it's another thing when it's difficult, when seasons are difficult, isn't it? I saw this uh, when I was doing student ministry a long time ago. Uh, uh, we would go, we'd go to camp, right? We'd have an awesome time at camp. We'd see teenagers really surrendering their lives to Christ at camp. But usually the last night, it's usually around a bonfire and we've sung Kumbaya. Y'all don't know what that is, all right? But anyway. You old timers, remember, we, we'd sing of that, and man, we'd have a moment and then the teenagers would say, man, I'm going to, when I get back to school, I'm going to take a stand for Christ. I'm going to lead my team to the Lord. I'm, I'm going to really uh, w- break off this relationship and really, really pursue Jesus in this area. And, and, and are they sincere? Absolutely. Is their heart really wanting to do that? Absolutely they do. But man, it's another thing to actually make that happen when you get back at school and it's hard. And there's a price to be paid for that. And I'm, I may not be in the cool group or I may, not, I may be laughed at or I, I may not really want to now break off that relationship. And so it's hard. It's either to do that with the group when everybody's cheering Jesus. But it's another thing when it's, it's a hard place. Hey, Jesus is saying, are you willing to follow me here, even in the hard places of your life? So let's drop that into some of the things we've been looking at this in this series how about in your marriage let's say your marriage is in a hard spot it's difficult you're not connecting well things are very tense you don't feel loved or you don't feel uh that 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 the emotions are there like it used to be and and, and it'd be so easy to just walk away it'd be so easy to cut this thing off you got all the reasons in your world why this would be okay for you are you willing to follow Jesus and obey him and trust him and pray for your spouse and ask God to intervene and be faithful, even when it's hard. Are you willing to follow Jesus here in your marriage? Or let's take your work. Are you willing to follow Jesus here in your work? You know, uh, we, we just had a whole talk in this series about how you can leverage your work for kingdom purposes. Are you willing to do that in your office? I was talking to a lady this week, goes to our church, and she built friendship uh, with another lady at her work. And, and over the course of time, just said, hey, would you like to do a Bible study? And she said, yeah. And so they did that. And then over coffee this week, that young lady bent her head and asked Jesus Christ to come into her life. And it was an amazing thing. And we were all celebrating that this week. But listen, are you willing to do that in your work? See, it's easy to go, man, Jesus, wherever you go, man, let's say, wherever you lead, I'll go. I mean, we sing the song and, and the whole deal. But man, when it comes down to my work or my marriage or this area of obedience, well, man, I'm not so sure that I'm willing to do that. And in March, the excuse is, well, I can't do that. And I, there'd be no way that I could have that conversation. I wouldn't know what Bible say to do. I can't do it before or after work. And, and all the reasons come, and that's what holds you back. You see, many times Jesus will lead us to hard places, to difficult places. I was doing a teleconference call with a church planter in New York City this week. And and over the conversation, he told me that there are only two Baptist churches that are being planted in Manhattan right now, only two. Out of eight million people, only two. And and when we asked why is that, he said, because they tell us that it's too hard. Now listen, sometimes Jesus leads us to hard places, even to endure hardship for his name's sake. So are you willing to follow Jesus here or not? That's excuse number one. Lord Jesus, I follow you, but not here, not in the hard place. The second excuse is, Lord, I I follow you, but not now not now look at look at verse 59 then he said to another one follow me lord he said first let me bury my father but he told him let the dead bury their own dead but you go and spread the news of the kingdom of god so this guy goes uh, jesus said hey follow me He's probably standing right next to the first guy. Hey, how about you? You follow me. That was Jesus' favorite invitation, by the way. Akilotheo is a Greek word they use over 24 times in the gospels. Follow me, follow me, follow me. How about you? You follow me? And he said, you know what? That sounds awesome. I would love to follow you, but uh, let me go bury my father. And Jesus says, no. Now, does that sound a little harsh to you? Come on, Jesus, man, just let him go bury his dad. I mean, how that can't be that long. Why, why would you have a problem with that? Until you step back and you realize that most scholars agree that his daddy was not dead. See, you remember, where are they? They're on the road. This guy had been pursuing. Uh, Jesus, he was with the crowd. They were all out looking and trying to connect with Jesus. If his father was dead, this guy would be busy. He would have been back home. He'd been making arrangements, uh, preparations. He would not be out of town searching after this rabbi. And so Jesus knew it and he knew it. What he really was saying is, Jesus, I really want to follow you, man. I am so yours, but... I need, you know, my folks are probably getting a little older. I need to hang out with them. I need to make sure, see that all the way through to their death and then kind of make all the arrangements and everything, and then later, then I'll follow you. It'll be more, much more convenient for me if I do it later than now. So yeah, I'm with you, but not now, sometime later. Let me tell you, this whole, we call this the, the problem with procrastination, okay? It, it is always pushing things out till later, always to later. I, I don't know how many times I've talked to guys, say, hey, you want to get into a grow group and be decided, oh yeah, you know, man, I really want to do that, but man, I'm so slammed to work right now. Maybe next year. Or hey, you want to get into a group? Oh man, I'd love to get in a group, but man, I got so many, we got, you know, this ball season and I got, man, but you know how many games we have on the weekend? I can't, can't do that now. Or hey, how, would you like to serve, go on this mission trip? Oh man, I'd love to go on that mission trip, but dang, I've already got three trips already planned this year, so maybe another time. It's always later. It's like, I'm in high school. It's like, Jesus, I'll follow you if you'll just give me a girlfriend. All right, if you'll give me a date to prom, I'll promise I'll follow you, all right? Or if you just get me through high school, I promise you I'll follow you when I go to college, and then you're in college, Oh, if I, you know, this is kind of my time to sew my wild, old. but when I get out of college, man, I'm gonna be an adult, then I'm gonna follow you, or hey, you know, when I start dating, hey, when we get married, hey, when we have kids and everything really settles down, right, <laughs> hey, when the kids get out of the house, Hey, when I, when I have more money, hey, when we get past this crisis, hey, when I have better health, hey, you know, this is my time, kind of empty nester to do whatever I want to do. But man, when that kind of passes, then, then we'll really settle in. Hey, you know, when, 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 and it's always another time. And then ultimately you die and you never got around to following Jesus. there's a beautiful picture of this in the new testament Uh, the book of acts really picks up the story uh, after jesus resurrection and how the church grew and in the book of acts there's a man named the apostle paul who was just on fire for jesus life had been totally changed and he he's put in jail because of his boldness of telling people about christ and he's brought before a roman governor named felix okay and this is what we read about that encounter it says, now as he spoke about righteousness, self-control and judgment to come, Felix became afraid and replied, leave for now, but when I have an opportunity, I'll call for you. You know, Felix is getting convicted, right? I mean, the spirit of God's working on him. He's like, oh, I don't wanna hear this anymore. I'm feeling convicted. Hey, Paul, you, you leave for now and then I'll call you back later. Did you know that he never called Paul back? We never hear of him again in Scripture. Felix. You see, I've said this before, but it's worth saying it again and again and again and again. Tomorrow is the devil's word. He'll say, oh, it's okay to serve God, just do it tomorrow it's okay to do that just do it tomorrow. i know you really want to trust the lord in this just do it tomorrow and and he always puts you off to tomorrow you know why because he knows that tomorrow never comes if he can get you to not make a decision now then he can talk you out of it later but if the devil's word is tomorrow then god's word is always today God always calls us to make decision today. He always calls us to do it now. He always calls us to act now. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 4, it talks about that. He, he says this, get this, Hebrews 4, 7. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Today, act today. 2 Corinthians 6, 2 says, I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Jesus told this man who wanted a delay. He said, uh, listen, why don't you let the the spiritually dead bury the physically dead? But now's the time to move. Now's the time to move. Let me ask you, what are you putting God off on? What are you saying? Oh, you know, God's really been telling me to do such and so, but I've been telling him no. What is that? God's really been putting on my heart, I need to do such and such, but I just kind of keep delaying. Why? Why are you delaying? You don't even know if you have tomorrow. Nobody here in this room knows if tomorrow will even come. What you do, do for him today. Don't delay. So we have these excuses. Lord, I want to follow you, but not, not here. I want to follow you, but not now. Here's the last one. Lord, I want to follow you but not this way, not this way. I wanna go my own way. Look at verse 61. Another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go and say goodbye to those at my house. And Jesus said, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. He said, Lord, I wanna follow you. Uh, Let me first just kind of say goodbye Uh, to the folks at the house, and then I'm with you, man. And Jesus goes, no, no, you got to follow me now. And again, Jesus kind of comes off harsh. Why? why? Come on, Jesus, just let him, let him just go back and say goodbye. For you Bible scholars, you may be thinking in the Rolodex of your mind, a scripture about when Elijah came to Elisha, and Elisha said, let me go back and tell my parents goodbye. And he said, sure, go ahead and do it, make it fast. And then he followed. Uh, But here Jesus says, no, 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 I don't even want you to go back. And you think, why is that? And here's the only explanation I can think of. I think that Jesus saw this man, knew this man, and knew that if he went back, he would never follow him. And the reason why I think that is because of the next verse. He said, no one puts his hand in the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Jesus was using a very common illustration. Now, we've kind of lost that in our culture a little bit because most of you haven't plowed a field this week, right? Chances are good you had not plowed a field this week. Some of you have, not many. Now, plowing a field back then is a lot different than plowing a field today. You know, I got some buddies that are in farming, you know, out in West Texas, and man, they got a nice nice air-conditioned cab. They got Wi-Fi. They got satellite radio. You know, they just kind of put it on cruise control, and, they, and they've got it all dialed in, satellite-directed, all that kind of great stuff. But back then, they didn't have that. It was just very rudimentary. I mean, it was like a rudimentary plow with some wooden handles and usually it was tethered to some kind of yoke of oxen or or donkeys my granddaddy used to plow fields like that just east of Dallas and he would be behind a mule and with some straps in his teeth and in his hands and it was hard work to just push through and unearth those roots and rocks and everything that stood in the way And the one thing they taught you is, man, when you get to going, the last thing you do is look back. Why? Because your plow starts doing like this. (laughs) Your row is gonna start looking like that. You do not look back and you do not stop. Once you get moving, you just keep plowing your field. And Jesus knew, he understood that. And he said, listen, you keep plowing your field. Don't look back. J.C. Ryle was a pastor, an Anglican bishop in the mid-1800s, and he made a statement that really caught my attention. He, he said, those who look back want to go back. Those who look back want to go back. The way I've seen that play out in people's lives is maybe somebody's given their life to Christ, and maybe they came out of just a real party uh, background you know in college or they came out of maybe a real dysfunctional home or they came out of some addiction they came out of some things that were not good in their past and man they give their life to Jesus Christ they are free from that they are walking with Jesus they are finding new life in him new community in him new purpose in him i mean god is good and they're they are plowing their field to follow Jesus and then somebody will say hey hey you know i know you're all into religion all but man, why, why don't you just come hang out with us one more time? Let's go back to the place we used to go. Let's go hang out at the place we used to hang out. Let's go, come on, just one more time, man. It's not forever, it's just one more time. Come on, let's go back and let's, back to these old relationships, back to the old places, back to the old habits, back to the old thoughts. And the minute you turn back, you're pulled back into it like an an undertow of the ocean that just pulls you slowly back away from the Lord. I think that's what he saw in this man. He said, if you go back, you'll never follow me. You gotta make a decision now. Let me ask you something, What's, what's pulling at you? It may be people from your past, relationships, it may be things that you've not cut off, that need to be cut off in order for you to follow Jesus. Hey, and it may not be that. It may be pain from your past. It may be uh, thoughts of your past, of what's happened to you, and you're, you're constantly looking backward instead of moving forward, and you've got you to set that behind you. As the Apostle Paul said, I, I put these things behind me, and I press on to what is ahead, to the high calling that God has. Maybe it's time you just cut the cord that has tied you to your past and move forward with Jesus. You know, this man said, uh, Lord, yeah, I'll follow you, but let me me go, I want to go this way. You want to go that way, but I want to go this way. And Jesus said, no, I want you to go my way. Don't turn back. Excuses. Excuses keep us from walking with God. Excuses drive us away from God. Either the excuse of not here, the excuse of not now, the excuse of not this way, I want to go my way. But excuses will keep you from really walking with God. I, I want you to hear my heart because I see this over and over, and I love you too much to so let that happen to you. So how do we keep excuses from taking over? Because they, they just do. We fall into it. Well, I want to share with you a, uh, a secret I think will help you, a practical thing that will help you. Uh, several several uh, months ago, I was... I was listening to a Navy SEAL, and uh, he was giving a speech. And I don't know if he's a believer or not, but I remember what he said very clearly in my mind. These months later, he was talking about how certain elite um, specialists, like you know Navy SEAL, Rangers, you know uh, Green Berets, people like that, they they have, are able to override their desire to quit somehow and keep being committed to the mission and and not quit and and I was curious he said I want to share with you what I have done that allowed me never to quit so of course I'm leaning in I I want to hear what this guy has to say and he said uh, when we were in Navy SEAL training I mean they tortured us. I mean we would we would run we would be awake for days, we'd run for hours. We would do we would be rolling and just fall asleep and fall in the water. They would put us in freezing water and keep us there till we were almost succumbed to hypothermia. They'd pull us out the last minute, warm us up and then stick us back in, out in, out in. They'd roll us in the sand to it chafed our whole body. I mean he said it was awful. And in those moments when I wanted to quit, he said, I did, I played two videos in my mind. The first video was what it would be like if I quit. So I pictured in my mind getting up out of the water and ringing the bell and saying I quit and they'd put a blanket over my shoulder and I'd go back to the barracks. And then I picture myself packing up all my gear and taking the, the next bus out the next day. I pictured myself walking home and my parents happy to see me and then they'd say, why are you here? And I'd tell them I quit. And I saw the, the disappointment on my dad's face. I pictured the men in the, my community coming up and, and when I told them I quit, that they were, really, you quit? I pictured my infant son now old enough to understand and I'm having to tell him that I quit and I couldn't take it. I pictured seeing on the news uh, the, the, the news of SEALs going out and, and doing some rescue mission and, and I knew that I didn't have what it took to do that. I would live the rest of my life as a quitter. And then he said, I played a second video, and that was the video of if I didn't quit. He said, if I just endured. And he said, I, I, pictured, I pictured my graduation when I'm in my dress uniform and they've had the Navy seal on my chest. And I pictured the pride of my father and the pride of my mother. I pictured going home and all the guys in the community slapping me on the back and saying, man, we're so proud of you and we're so happy for you. I pictured the team I would be assigned to in the, in the unit and jumping out of airplanes and going behind enemy lines and rescuing people and putting my life on the line. I pictured looking at my young son and saying, I didn't quit and this is how God used me. And and, and he said, even at the end of my life, I picture my casket draped in the flag with a Navy seal badge stamped on on it and, and knowing that I lived my life and it mattered. And he said, once I played both videos, I chose one. He said, I determined which one I wanted to be my reality. And he said, that's how I kept from quitting. And you know what? As I heard that, I thought about that's how you and I avoid the excuses that draw us away from God. You have to play two videos in your mind. So let's play the first video in your mind. The first video is that you really don't take Jesus seriously. And so you don't really spend any time in God's word. You, you, know, you don't really read the Bible. You don't really pray that much. You attend a church sporadically. You give yourself to your career you give yourself to ball games you give yourself to all the other busyness activities Uh, your kids see that they obviously don't take God seriously either so their generation they don't walk with God their kids don't walk with God their kids don't walk with God all because you set that direction You never really saw God move in your life. You never really gave sacrificially. You never served in any way. You never led anyone to Christ. You never invested or disciple anyone. You never served in any way. In fact, you really didn't even know anybody in the church and nobody in the church really knew you. And when you had crisis in your life, no one came to you because no one knew you. At the end of your life, your career is in your past. Nobody remembers, nobody cares and you're at your funeral, there's a handful of people, and they couldn't say anything about your spiritual life. And when you stand before Jesus, you're filled with regret because you never really walked with him. Or you could play video number two, that you gave your life to Christ and you were sold out. Every day, you'd you'd be in God's word every day, you would bend your knee and say, Lord, just use me today. And you allowed the Spirit of God to move you and you share your faith at work and you'd lead people to Christ and God prompted you to go on a mission trip and you went over and you shared the gospel and you saw people come to Christ two or three times, maybe four or five times over the course of your life and you invested your life in kids, invested your life in teenagers that you gave more than you could afford and you, and you sacrificed even when things were hard that you plowed through the hard seasons of life and you trusted God and you showed your kids how to do that and they got a fire and a heart for God and their grandchildren had a heart for God and their grandchildren had a heart for God. And then finally, when you died and they had your funeral, the place was filled with people that your life has touched. And when you entered the gates of heaven, there were people from all different kinds of languages and nationalities that are there because of you. Because you had led someone to Christ and led them to Christ and led them to Christ. And your influence is now going on and even still is going on. And Jesus looks at you and says, well done. Look what I did through your one single life. The question is, which of those videos do you want to be your reality? The key to that is surrender. Because you see, while excuses drive you far from God, surrender is what draws you to God. And the way that happens is every single day, you say, God, I surrender myself to you. I surrender my career to you. I surrender my marriage to you. I surrender my life to you. I surrender my finances to you. I surrender everything to you. And Lord, while excuses may say not here, I'm saying right here, I wanna trust you and I'm gonna obey you. Right now, I'm never gonna delay something you put on my heart. Right this way, I will always choose your way, even if it's difficult, not my own way. If you will do that Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, you'll wake up 20 years from now and you'll be right where God wants you to be, bearing the fruit that only the Spirit can produce through you. Excuses drive you far from God. But surrender draws you close to God. I you bow your heads with me for just a minute. You know, probably the first step towards surrender is to surrender your life to Christ for the first time. To receive Christ by faith. And some of you need to do that. There's some of you in this room that you really are unsure of your spiritual condition. I mean, if you died today, you're not sure if you go to heaven. If I were to ask you, when was the moment in time you gave your life to Christ? You'd you'd say, well, I, I don't really know. It is unclear. And while you believe in God and while you attend church, you don't know if you've really ever had a saving encounter with Jesus Christ. Well, today is your day. This is your moment, right here, right now. No excuses. Just like Jesus looked at these men and said, follow me now. He's looking at you saying, follow me now. I mean, the gospel is such good news. That while we sinned against God and go in our own way and deserve judgment and death, that Christ came to this earth and he went to a cross and he endured our God's judgment that was supposed to be on us. He took our sin on himself. He died in our place. He died our death that we deserve. They took his lifeless body off a cross and put it in a tomb and three days later he rose again from the dead, showing himself alive, ascended to heaven. He's coming again and he offers forgiveness and new life and eternal life to all who will turn to him by faith. But you have to surrender to him. And so in just a moment, I'm gonna give you a chance right here, right now, at this moment, to receive Christ. I'm gonna ask you to lift up your hand. and When you lift up your hand, I'm gonna call you out, but I will see that hand and I will lead you in a prayer to ask Christ to come into your life, to forgive you of your sin, to turn from your sin and to follow Jesus. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you believe in your heart, God raised from the dead, you'll be saved. Right here, right now, no excuses. This is your moment. This is why God brought you today. So if you wanna receive Christ, his head is bowed, this is your opportunity, God is watching. Say, Pastor, pray for me, I need Christ in my life. Just lift up your hand right now, just lift it up. Pastor, pray for me, I need Christ in my life. Lift it up where I can see it. Lift it up high so I can see it. All right. alright Anybody else lift up your hand? All right. Okay. Anybody else lift it up where I can see it? Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Anybody else? Last opportunity right now. Don't wait. Don't delay. Jesus calling. Put your hands down. Now, just right where you are, just pray this simple prayer with me. God sees your heart, God knows your heart. Dear Father, I know I've sinned against you, and I've gone my own way. I've lost my way. But I believe you died on a cross, Jesus died on a cross for me. I believe you rose again from the dead. Right now, I'm asking you, please forgive me. Please come into my life. Please make me new. Today, I choose to turn from my old way and to follow you. Thank you for loving me. Now, just with your heads bowed, maybe you're a believer here today but you've allowed excuses to win the day and you're not really walking with God you're not really living fulfilling your full potential because it's delay, it's not here, it's too hard it's not now it's I want to go my way but you realize now what's at stake that video of disappointment is literally being played out and you want it to change, then why don't you right now take a moment in the stillness of this service and just commit your life to Christ. Say, Lord, all that I have, I surrender to you. And tomorrow I want to surrender to you again. And the next day, I want to surrender to you, I want my life to be lived for you. Just tell him that right